This is AI Podcast, not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, just better everything. Real. The difference between givers, takers, and matchers. Agents. I guess I took a slightly different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI Podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. Hey, 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 loyal listeners. Welcome. Once again, I'm excited to bring you Agency Intelligence, where we give you real agents inside real agencies, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. And here today, I have uh, a friend of mine, a friend of yours, loyal listeners, because you hear me talk about him. You know, he's been on the podcast before. One of the, I don't know if it's the most, it's like in the top 10 most downloaded in the last couple years, I would say. Uh, at least in the last 12 to 18 months. I was looking at this a couple a while back, Mike. Um, but uh, that podcast we did, I think it was because you and I were so awesome. Um, that's always a reason for a lot of downloads. And then the and then the other thing was, is we did, we broke it into sections, if you remember, and we talked about that conversation between Sydney Rowe, Frank Sintner, and Seth Zaremba. I've never done a podcast like that, and I've never done one since, where I actually broke it into sections like that. You and I tried to meet back up a little bit, and man, we're just so busy. You dealing with what you're going to talk about today, me just dealing with the world of insurance and stuff just like you are and everybody else is. Before I get into it and before I introduce Mr. Mike Mike Crowley, I want to first let you know about two things. We got your podcast.com. You want to start a podcast? You have a niche? Maybe you want to develop a niche? Why do you want to have a podcast? Because you build authority and it's easy. All you have to do is put your brain into a microphone and it comes out the other side and we produce it into a podcast for you. We're doing 11 shows now and we want to continue to keep doing it. I guarantee you probably the shows that you're listening to are done by us and there's a way that you can make it better and do it yourself and I'll help you do it. I've done it for industries. I've now done it for MP Local, which I've done four episodes now for my nonprofits. Uh, and it's um, it's really awesome watching it happen. It really, really, truly is. So keep that in mind. And then the last thing, um, we can't go to conferences. We can't go to conventions right now. Be sure to go to insuranceagencyintelligence.com. Insurance Agency Intelligence. Just stop real quick if you're swimming. Come on. You know, you got to walk. You've been running 10 miles. Just real quick, slow down, pull out your phone, and actually just go to insuranceagencyintelligence.com. Click on Mastermind. Why? Because I want you to see all the people there. Like Mike Crowley and I, our beautiful mugs are on there and your your eyes are going to be drawn right to it. But pay attention to other people too, besides Mike and I. Um, And so that you guys can see everybody that's out there. I purposely want you to do that because there's a lot of people you've seen at conference or conventions that you may not know their name, but you know what they look like. And I want you to see the power and the beauty that we hold behind AI Mastermind. Become a champion and join us, AI Mastermind. Mr. Mike Crowley, how are you, sir? Uh, uh, uh. I'm doing fabulous, Jason. How are you today? That's good, good. And see, I do the uh, 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 because that's more hockey, because when I think of you, I think of cold. Um, Tell the loyal listeners where you are. Give them the little 30-second tidbit, or and so not too much. Make them go back and listen to the other podcast, too. 
No problem. Uh, agency owner, Syracuse, New York. Yes, we get lots of snow. Uh, we got the first, you know, cold morning today. Took my kids to school. It's 42 degrees. So uh, it, it's starting. It's starting. So um, I'm still wearing short sleeves until I possibly can. But it's I mean, the long sleeves are going to get broken out real soon. Dude. Whew. <laughs> 42 degrees already. I have to admit, it's gotten really cool here. August, I don't know about you guys, August has been extremely cool for us, like 75 to 85 degrees. August, August is usually 95, 150% humidity. Grass is brown. Yeah. Um, I don't know. How's it been for you guys over the last month or so? You know, it was it was real hot for the first part of August, probably going towards the end. But the last couple of weeks was a perfect, you know, right in the low 70s, which is right up my alley. I mean, that's that's the temperature I want to be at uh, really? at all times. Yeah. And I saw you guys did some camping. You and the family went some camping, I believe, in July or maybe the beginning of August or something like that. Yeah, we rented. Uh, obviously, uh, a couple of vacations got canceled with the, the, the whole covid shutdown and everything else. So. My wife is a teacher. She was home with the kids, you know, since March. And she's just like, you got to get me out of this house. Like, we're, we got to go somewhere. I don't care if it's in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> go rent a place. We're, we're going. So we uh, we packed up and spent, a, you know, five nights at a, you know, log cabin in the middle of nowhere, just us four. And it was a good time. Ah, and I saw it. It was beautiful. If I remember, because so many of my friends have been going to the, uh, have you noticed so many of our friends are going hiking and stuff like that? Uh, I think there was like a beautiful lake, like right outside your cabin, oh, yeah. wasn't there? Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. That was beautiful. Her, her, her requirement was, you know, get me lakefront, you know, in the next month anywhere in New York and we're going. <laughs> I said, Honey, when right. you ask, shit's about to happen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. Oh, shoot. Uh, hey, one other thing. Uh, so in, I'm just curious. I've been thinking about this. So they're saying that next year for COVID, um, they're saying that basically, which is something I think a lot of us have kind of figured out, that it's going to be about this time right next year where I think you're really going to start seeing people preparing for college basketball and football and saying, hey, this is really going to happen and have people in the stands, right? Yeah. I think there will be restrictions or something. But my question is, is like I've been thinking about where I'm going to um where i'm going to a vacation next year right because you we couldn't plan this year it happened in march and then all of a sudden they shut us down you're like oh crap you know like we have all these vacations planned i got like four thousand dollars in southwest credits no joke it's like thirty eight hundred dollars um and so i'm like so like what am i going to do here so here's my plan and i want to hear yours maybe you haven't thought about it yet but i'm, I'm one of those people i got to kind of know i'm gonna i'm gonna judge it around january february and I'm either going to go to Hawaii with my family if it's I'm seeing that this, you know, the vaccine just came out. People are already starting to get loose. I know what the summer is going to possibly be like. Yep. Or if I think that, hey, this thing I'm seeing 2021 being a lot like 2020, I am going to rent an RV for about three weeks. No joke. Maybe a month. And I'm driving me and my family. We're taking the dog because everybody knows I love my dog, Jagger. We're, we're taking the dog and we are getting in an RV because of the way business is and I can do so many things off go to meeting and stuff. I'm traveling, man. I'm not sitting in a house ever again and doing this. Now, I have to do it early because I imagine there's a lot of other people probably thinking the same thing. Like, hey, next year we're getting out of here. Have you given any thoughts about what 2021 could be for you and your family? You know, 
it's made me want to invest in lakefront property. That's for sure. Um, (laughs) To the point where, you know, we have a lot of great little areas within 45 minutes from my house on lakes, you know, whether it's, you know, just your, your little summer cottage type thing or Mm -hmm. like full blown huge properties, you know, you're renting out to, you know, 15 to 20 people. And so you can do vacations, you can do the Airbnbs now, which, you know, wasn't a thing a few years back, at least around here. True. To the point where now I'm like, if everybody is still kind of like secluded and still trying not to like fly and not to do a few other things, the demand for that is going to be so high where people are like, I just need to get away. I want to look at some water. I don't care if there's a boat. I just want to go. Mm-hmm. Kind of like my wife was this summer. And if that's the case, it's kind of like, I need mm. to start looking at some investment property. I see how you're looking at that. But then I can also get it paid for by somebody else. <laughs> Makes sense. No, seriously, good thinking on the other end. Jason's thinking about spending his own money. Jason's thinking about calling Mike. Mike's thinking about finding Jason's. That's the difference. You know, I say sometimes, I thought about this uh, uh, when I was golfing a couple weeks ago, is that when I'm wearing Nike shirts, right? And so me and my buddy were talking about wearing Nike shirts, and you can get the cheap Nike shirts, you can get the good Nike shirts. Like, you can wash some things over and over, right? Yeah. And I said, but they cost so much. And my buddy said, well, it's because they have to pay the people who they need to wear their shirt. And I realized, wow, that's a difference, right? I pay a lot of money to wear Nike shirts and Nike pays a lot of money to other people to wear their shirts. Oh yeah. That's the difference between me and Tiger Woods. I've been looking for differences, Mike. I've been looking for differences because him and I are pretty much on the same playing field. Um, So now I found one. Anyways, um, Mike, let's get on to what I've been here, man. Thanks for that little opening. Kind of, that was good stuff, man. Um, and you just kind of show that, like, if you and I were on the phone right now, that would have been the same conversation we would have had, you know? Absolutely. And that's the whole point of, of why we're here. We really, truly are. So, so Mike, whenever you were here last time, mm-hmm. we talked about a bunch of stuff that had to do with Seth and data and that conversation. But we also talked about some of the things that you talked about. Um, Mike, how many podcasts have we done? We've two done two. One. two before. Oh, shit. God damn, yeah. guys. Loyal listeners are thinking the whole time, Jason, you guys done more. I, I don't have a memory. Anyways, okay. So one of the podcasts we talked about, you really blew my mind and I pulled that nugget out of it when you said that I just had to do, because what I wanted to do, I if I wanted to do it, I just had to do it and, and on my own dime, my own time and all that kind of stuff. Yep. So loyal listeners, go back and listen to those two podcasts. Um, and I want to set this up. You're a family agency, correct? Yes, third generation. Third generation. Dad and uncle are um, are are in there with you, right? No, just dad now. Just no, dad. Uncle's out. Yep. But at the beginning, when you got in there, it was it was dad oh, and yeah. uncle, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then yeah. uncle's gone. I didn't know that. So is your dad younger than than your than your uncle? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. All right. So you go through this. Everybody knows, and if you don't know Mike Crowley, they know that you're heavily involved in Advisor Evolved. You really came on my radar because you took on quote vids in a huge way. I think you probably still do. There's other things that you were out there really leading the charge. And also, one of the things I admire about you, Mike, is I think that um, there's a lot of people that we reach out to and try to bring into our circle. But I think that like you were kind of hot on the scene and you just like engaged with us from the get go to say, Hey guys, I'm trying to get better. I got these two old fogies. No, I'm joking. Um, but I got these two old fogies, but anyways, and I'm trying to get past this. And I think it was hearing their ideas and strategies and tell me if I'm wrong here. It was hearing their ideas and strategies and the lack of your uncle and dad at the time, um, accepting those for 
you to say, I'm confident enough in these strategies these people are teaching. I'm going to use these strategies and services, and I'm going to show and prove that we should progress. So that's open it up to the loyal listeners. Where am I wrong there? And take us from there about this journey of being a family-owned agency and what you had to do to change it. No, you're you're actually spot on, and your podcast, you know, the original grow type podcast with Joey, was mm. one of the first launching mm. points uh, of that, where oh, I was, you know, starving for the new information outside of our four walls, right. looking for okay, how can I progress the agency outside of just beating on the doors of new clients and just selling insurance. There's more to this. There's more ways to, you know, approve efficiencies than to, you know, just sell, 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 hire more CSRs, sell, 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 hire more CSRs. Mm, challenging the norms. Love it, brother. And you guys, a few other different avenues really, you know, spearheaded this, let's say four years ago. And that's right at the time where we had some, you know, some of our own little family, little drama and things along those lines. And I was ready to make the moves with the back of people that I did not have, you know, real face-to-face friendships with at the time. But it was the words that you've said, you know, the ideas mm-hmm. that were thrown out there saying, mm-hmm. okay, I believe in these things that they're talking about. I'm going to start implementing stuff. And I know, you know, I'm going to go to that, that, you know, officer type meeting and say, listen, we should invest in this. And as soon as you hear the word invest, they're thinking pay money. They're thinking learn something new. And they immediately shut down. Like you're, you know, you're you're trying to explain the the right and wrong between like doing something with your your five-year-old. They I mean they hear the first word and they immediately shut the rest of it down. It's so it's one of those things where that was a really kickoff point for me that got me, you know, got me steamrolling a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I never looked back. Man, I love it, dude, because it does take some gonads. It really, truly does. It, it does take gonads. And I have to tell you, man, um, I, I got this message last night from um, an agent. And just for a second, because I don't really talk about these, but it goes back to what you're saying right there. So hold your thought because I want to jump back into it. Mm-hmm. He said, recently I've talked about exposure. And, dude, I appreciate you exposing many of us to the many things out there. To a list of few that have changed my game, Rocket Referrals, Brent Kelly, David Carruthers, Wesley Anderson, and a network of agents I talk to and call friends, but not only that, business opportunities. The list goes on. Good job. Well done, Cass. Now, that has to do with my um, – that has to do with just doing the work, right? That's what I truly call it. I wanted to create a platform where I could get other people, tell me your thoughts, tell me your ideas, and I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. And there was one other one that blew me away the other day. And I'm, I'm not trying to brag people, but I want you to see this because I get these a lot. But these here really kind of struck me because they came from people that I know. Oh, that's right. It was over at the agency intelligence page. This Gene Wilkes, I believe. I think that that was his name. I can't really remember his name. And I apologize for that. Um, he said something to me that by using this, he was able to, pro, uh, to, uh, Greg Wilkes, okay, is his name. And Greg, if you're listening, I appreciate it. Um, I really do. He said, cast late Wednesday, I was mowing the back 40. Okay. I, I don't know. It sounds like he's from the South to me, which is awesome. Um, I was mowing the back 40 and listening to your interview with Jason Quag- uh, Quagilia. 
um, from Burns and Wilcox. On Friday, I wrote a very difficult policy with him. I wouldn't have known about their healthcare program if not for your interview. Your podcasts are needed, helpful, and appreciated by all working on behalf of your clients. What's so funny is, is this is the side effect people don't don't expect. I wasn't expecting for Jason to come on and like make business. That's not why I was here. Jason and I wanted to break down the relationships that brokers and agents have. And I have a good relationship with Jason so I could reach out to him, right? And have this rough conversation. But, but Greg pulled that out of there. Greg, thank you very much for letting me know. And if anybody else has those stories out there, email me at jason at agency-intelligence.com or you can hit me on Facebook like a lot of these other people do. I didn't want to steal that, Mike, but you really, that those were two that have come through in the last couple of days. And I'm just like, you know what? It's what charges us. It charges my team with Sarah and Riza and Robin. It charges Josh Lipstone. Um, and, uh, and I appreciate that very, very, very much. So that makes me feel good that that was an important part. Now, one of the things that you broke down inside, loyal listeners, if you would, please go check out the pod, the blog that he just released. Go to agencyintelligence.com. Uh, um, you can see how to get buy-in from the previous generation. And three of the things that you taught, well, first of all, you said you just need to do it, right? What does that mean? Just do it. I'm a family business listening to you, Mike, right now. What does that mean? Just do it. So, you know, anybody that has a boss, okay, I'm not going to even say family because it goes in, in, in a lot of different. Very true. But especially on the smaller business side where you have a boss, a superior that controls, you know, the money aspect of things, the, the, the yes and the no, if you're going to do certain things. Too many people sit and say, well, I really want to do this, but I'm scared to either ask knowing that their answer is probably going to be no, or I, you know, I present that this is how I want to do something and they push back for one reason or another Mm -hmm. without them trying to find out the reason. My opinion is always, and especially has been because it worked well for me was, okay, you don't want to do it. I'm going to do it. And it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's, I mean, nobody can stop you from doing something. Correct. Do you need to do it during the nine to five that somebody's paying you to be at the desk? No, you can do it, you know, five o'clock in the morning, 11 o'clock at night, you can do what you need to do. And this goes for everything, whether it's content creation or, or whatever the case may be, starting to make those changes and adjustments yourself without the approval they're never probably going to, and don't come at me if they, they do this, but nobody's ever going to come at you and fire you for doing something on your own time with your own dollar. Right. Okay. And it's like when people say, you know, I really wish I started this side business or I really start this. And, you know, all these people, especially during the first part of COVID shutdown, were, you know, complaining versus, you know, making, you know, advancements in That's their, right. you know, in their knowledge or in their careers or in something else. And it's like, I was so sick of listening to that for so long because everybody was just complaining. And it wasn't the first few weeks. This was months in to COVID. People are still complaining. You know, I had restaurant clients that shut down completely, never tried the delivery takeout methods. I had other ones that adapted to it and thrived. Now that they can eat inside and they can do all these other things, they have people that never knew about them before who took their, you know, their family takeout specials all throughout COVID are now enjoying, you know, sitting down and having some cocktails and a nice dinner at the restaurant. It's because they adapted. And it's like all these people don't want to try and do something because either they're scared or, you know, they're afraid of failure, whatever the case is. My advice is always, you know, try, just do it. Just put you it know what you, you, you just really brought this up, dude. So 
it's not the generations. It's not dad. It's not uncle. It's not the staff. It's not anything. It's not the old website. It's you. Mm -hmm. you're, you're the reason. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of loyal listeners that need to hear Mike out because I can't say that with authority. Mike can. This has to do with you. When you say my agency owner won't let me do this or this, it means you're is what Mike's saying. You're not doing it. And that's where he goes into just do it. And then Mike, you you cat you cascaded into three day three things um, that a lot of things that you say fear. Fear mm -hmm. is what prevents somebody from doing this, right? And it's afraid of the costs, afraid of the change, and afraid of the failure. Yep. Give us some examples of what do you mean by afraid of the costs? Well, you know, and this goes into the generation gap, and 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 I'm not going to say that everybody falls in this, but. You know, the typical independent insurance agency owner, small town, hometown, where people still walk in and pay cash type agency owner that we still have, you know, thousands of them across the country that have not adapted to certain things. Absolutely. They run a very tight ship. They are sales service. They're, they're, they are service oriented agencies, not sales uh, uh, or sales driven agencies. That's and correct. the reason for that is, you know, they're accepting cash payments, you know, they're heavy on the service aspect. They're doing all sorts of different things where maybe they haven't adapted to electronic signatures. They haven't adapted to all this other stuff. They don't have the, they're worried about their expenses more so than you and me. True. And the reason is because, mm. you know, what, what happens if we have Damn, an expense that goes up? Okay. Or we lose a big client or we do something else. We just go get 10 more because that's our mindset. Our mindset that's is, right. you know what, we're in the greatest industry there is. And the reason for this is because, you know, I'm going to go get, if I lose a big account or like you, you like to call it a whale, uh, I'm just going to go get right. 10 more whales to put on the books. Correct. Right. And I'm not going to hem and haw about it and say the loss of revenue. And now we got to cut expenses and what, no more Christmas bonuses or whatever the case may be. We're just going to go replace it. The generation before especially in the smaller mindset, they worry about the expenses. Oh, postage went up. Uh, you know, we have to buy a new computer. Wow, like, great they look at They look at those things a little bit more different because that's how they were brought up. Things were different wow. 20, 30, 40 years ago in the insurance world where you didn't have, you know, maybe you had the ability to grow fast. You didn't. You, you know, you wrote, you know, your, your, your local community, you wrote the people that would come in the door. You, there wasn't, you know, social media marketing that drove people in by searching online. That just wasn't the way. So for them to say, well, yeah, I've been doing it this way for 35 years, 40 years, but now, you know, I see that things are changing and I'm going to be able to adapt to the mindset that expenses don't matter as much, or I don't need to look a little bit on there they're going to push back on any cost increase. Hey, we're changing this. It's going to be X. Hey, our management, we need a new management system and it's double the cost. Hey, we need this CRM. We need this software, whatever the case may be. They look at like they are, you know, you're taking their their retirement account out of from underneath them. And that's the mindset of people being afraid of the cost and afraid to invest back into the company. It's not because they don't want to. They're actually scared to because that's not their mindset. They don't have that back end. You know, if this doesn't work and we lose money, I'm not, I don't have the mindset to replace that money with new business. I don't that have. That is genius, bro. Yeah. That's and good, Mike. You're giving a perception that I don't think a lot of even people that are working in family businesses know. And so that, that just, you know, you see, you see that. And I sat through so many of those meetings, you know, for, for years in my early days in the insurance industry. What made you figure that out? 
a lot of pushback, a lot of every response when I would talk about, hey, we need to do this. How much does it cost? And what'd you do? Go home and beat your head together going, why don't they see this? What's the deal? You know what I mean? It's cool that you came to that conclusion, Mike. That was impressive. Well, and I think I think part of the reason that you know it worked really well for me, and 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 I and I want to give a disclaimer on this for people, you know, the, the setup that I had in in my agency when I started, the way I was paid as a 22 year old out of college versus you know you know an established producer or anything along those lines, it was here's a high commission percentage new and new and uh, renewal. Weren't maybe a tiny bit of salary to put gas in your car, but not that's more going to go away. And you know, you can build whatever you want to build off of this. Okay. So the deal I had as a, as a young 20 some year old is not the deal that most agencies give out. Very well taught me how to sell as a non born. I'm not a born salesman. Uh, at least not in my opinion. I'm not one to, you know, I'm not a cold caller that loves to walk into doors and do other stuff. I'm a relationship salesperson. So my purpose was, okay, I'm going to grow. I'm going to make new and renewal on, on at a decent, really well percentage higher than the norm. And I'm going to watch as the harder I work, the more sales I get, the more money I make. And that, sure. that mindset crafted my, I mean, that, that, um, that pay scale or whatever crafted my mindset to, you know, I'm just going to go replace it. If I lose this account, I'm just going to go do this. And, and, you know, every client, whether it's new or, you know, a renewal means the same to me because that percentage is the same. So that was how, you know, as, as a young producer, you know, scratch fresh out of school started seeing the world of insurance. And with that, I developed a lot of these different mindsets that says, you know what, if, the, if I have to pay this because they won't pay it, guess what? I'll just go earn more because you knew that the setup was there. You knew you were able to do that. And mm. some people don't, a lot of people don't have that. I mean, if you're, you're in a family situation, they got you on a, some fixed salary with a tiny little, you know, you know, you get 10 bucks every new policy, you're right. It's not going to be as easy to do that, but it's this insurance industry allows you to do that. Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merge? That's right. I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers. And I said to him, dude, what's up? You realize you're not a VA, right? He said, what do you mean? I said, you're a VE. Look it up on ChatGPT. I encourage you to do that too. He's got forward-facing VEs. VEs that can answer the phone and take questions 30 days in. You say yes to Michael. I want what you have. In 30 days, that's what he delivers. I said, Michael, this is unbelievable. We're strong in the front, but we're really strong in the back end. You provide the external VE for us. We provide the internal VE. I looked at him, I said, buddy, let's do this together. Let's let's do this. And he looked at me and he put out his hand and like a good solid Cuban American, he said, Jason, I'm committed, let's do it. And that's what we did. We flew to Columbia, we saw his operation and you need to see it too. Give us a little click at virtual intel, that's with two L's, that's virtual, I-N-T-E-L-L, Com. Go check us out. See what we're doing. High quality VEs mixed with technology delivered right into your agency. And you don't have to do all the things that you don't like to do, like hiring, firing, recruiting, recruiting, trying to find processes. Just there's so much stuff. I can't even say it right. That's right. Virtual Intel. Cast certified.
Right. Uh, and time and time is and time is, is exposes things, right? And in yes. in the time and you putting in a little money here and a little money there. Mm-hmm. Um God, I just I don't know. I had never caught that before about the mindset and loyal listeners to take away from that. Look at it from a different perspective. I mean, seriously, a lot of times we throw things out there and I assume when they get rejected, you think, ah, oh, he doesn't he or she doesn't want to change or they're a cheap ass. Well, actually, both those are probably right. But how do we structure that now? If I run into a client and I'm running into the same issue, I got to change my game, right? I got to be like, okay, wait a minute. Uh, um, how do I solve that issue? So when I go in, I have an issue. Okay, I have a problem. Now, you said the afraid of change, which has a lot to do with it. And then afraid of failure. Um, you know, I think the afraid of failure was key. And I want to get your insight on that as well, because the way I see that, first of all, I worked in an agency um, where, and before I started my own, for six years where I was the youngest producer at the age of 29 and the second youngest was like 59. Okay. I mean, so we're like huge, a huge gap. And so I see what we meant by failure. And a lot of times I think the failure that I realized, maybe you did, maybe it's different as a family business was that they had tried things in the past that didn't work. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, we tried that. And you're like, and then after a while, you hear that, bro, like, like, when did we try that? And like, this is in 06, 07. And they'd be like, well, in 1992. And it's like, 1992? I think Al Gore invented the internet in 94. You know, I mean, so it's like, it's like, what are you talking about right now? But it's yep. that freight of failure. We tried this and we need to move on, which ties back to what you said, because we don't want to lose money, right? Mm-hmm. So what are some Absolutely. of your ad bets adds to that on the failure side? Absolutely. And it's, it's, and that's the reason in the article I put fail, uh, afraid of failure as the last one, because really it, it wraps back to the other two of change, mm-hmm. of changing the way they work. I'm, I'm, if I'm 59 and I'm planning on retiring when I'm 65 and I've built a successful career, why do I want to learn to change? That's right. Okay. This is new. I don't understand technology. I don't want to learn technology. I'm going to have pushback. We get pushback from our CSRs and our account managers when we make changes like this and we're paying them, let alone the person that actually, you know, is the one signing checks and doing all this other stuff. Why are they, you know, to that point where they want to change? They don't want to change. They don't want to change. They don't want to pay for it. And if they did, they don't want to fail because then it doesn't work. Because like you said, in 92, this, we tried this, we put a billboard up at a golf course and it didn't work. Okay. That's, no that's, tracking. No. So I'm never using. So I'm never. Yeah. No tracking at all. And uh, I'm never going to do any marketing ever again because of this. It wasn't even like I'm not going to do a billboard or a golf course on a park bench or whatever. No, I'm not doing anything. And I got right. that pushback before. You know, mm-hmm. literally. You know, we don't we don't spend money on marketing. We don't have a marketing budget. We're not doing this social media stuff. We're not do- whatever the case may be because we tried this and it didn't work. Well, how did it not work? It's like saying, you know, I sent out one direct mail piece and it didn't work. Or I, you know, did one Facebook post and I didn't get any likes. So I'm never going to post on Facebook again. And right. it's like, you know, and, and and they're they're afraid that what they're doing, you know, I don't I mean, it's not my mindset. I mean, you know, I'm right. not one to just like run into a lot of things. I do a lot of research on stuff before I kind of jump in. And a lot of that has to do with time. OK, so where. The the people in our shoes, our time is extremely valuable. It Very is much. more valuable than our money right now. And mm-hmm. but that that generation before us, they actually have more time. You know, they don't work the way that we do. They, you know, they still are the ones that might go to the golf course three days a week. They still mm-hmm. might be doing, 
you know, mm-hmm. long lunches and, and, you know, casual coffee with people that, you know, they're not networking. They're not, you know, talking. Right. They're just, you know, BSing about the old days. And so they have the time to, you know, invest in some of this stuff. They just choose not to. It's not what they want. It's not part of their goals and not part of their why really mm-hmm. right now. So with that, it's like, you know, they're afraid that what they invest in, whether it's their, you know, their, the, the changing and the time it takes them to learn something or the money that, you know, they had have to spend in order to try and fix or, you know, see if this succeeds and track it is not worth it to them. It's not it's worth not. The, it, it. It could be a 1% failure rate, you know, and it's not worth it to them. I totally agree with you, dude. And then also you have to also think, uh, loyal listeners, when you're thinking out there, you're talking, he's talking about a segment. Also know that insurance agency owners a lot of time are terrible business people um, and and they try to get better and they do. But sometimes you're also dealing with um, the fact that sometimes the agency owner or owners, whoever it could be, are literally taking out of the bank whatever's left. And whether that's wrong or right, that's not my decision. That's your decision as an agency owner. But the reason why I think that we're most afraid to spend in that situation is because every dollar I spend somewhere else is not a dollar that comes to me. And I have a, um, a I have a household that requires twenty or twenty five thousand dollars a month um, to live in. Got a lot of those guys in the mastermind. And it blows my mind knowing sometimes the size of their agency, where they're a million or $2 million agency. I think it's crazy in this world, unless you're living in New York, um, New York City, maybe even New York. I don't know how expensive it is around you. No. Um, but twenty dollars to $25,000, I'm living like a king. And I live in a nice neighborhood where you can't see, you can see the cars coming by, but you don't realize a couple of those are Lamborghinis and Porsches. And if I lived on twenty dollars to $25,000, and that goes back to my saying is, and this is the mindset is that um, I don't want to be rich right now. I just don't want to work forever. Mm-hmm. That's my thing that I say all the time because I could be making a lot more money, but it's putting it back into the business so that I can grow. I think a lot of times we're talking with agency owners who 55, 60, 65, and he or she is thinking to themselves, I'm done, tired of putting back into the business. That's where technology comes in. Why am I going to sell this in five years? But man, I'm getting ready to make a huge investment in the technology. I think you were a way to, able to chip away at that, right? You didn't really make huge investments. You, oh, Looking back now, you've done crap loads, right? Yeah. But am I right that you were biting that off? Like oh, yeah. The elephant, yeah, it was one, it was, it was one, it was one thing like at a time for a while. Mm-hmm. And, and, and part of that was, you know, I'm still, you know, I was still brought up by these people. Like these people still raise me. I still have some of that same traits that they that they do, and it's not. So I I, I I'm cautious. I'm cautious with money. I'm just you know not afraid to spend it either. Mm-hmm. So like, and there's the you know the mindset of research and, and all these other things. But you know when I started saying, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to you know change this, or I'm going to implement this, or I'm going to add this software, or this service, and I, I and and again, the probably the biggest change I did without telling them at all was changing our website, and and that was done you know to the point where you know they they buy into the fact that a website's important, and I feel like you know and we're in 2020, most insurance agents you know right. buy into the fact that a website's important. <laughs> but it gets to the point where it's like when I just randomly said, hey, we got a new website when I came in one day, it was after it was launched. It was not, I mean, designed, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it was like, oh, go check it out. It's all, like it's live. 
And, you know, I did this, you know, before, before I was a, an official owner of the, the agency. Wow. Before I had a company credit card, like to the point where, you know, Chris Langell is charging my personal credit card for the monthly fee. That's part of this when you sign up, because, you know, this is what I, I'm doing and I don't care your, your response to it because I know you're not going to care because, and, and I mentioned this and read the article, but this, if I eliminate the fears that you have, whatever that fear is, you're not going to have a problem with it. And, you know, Part of the reason is I backed it up. I backed it up. And and right. and you're not going to get this if you're like, you know, I'm a CSR at an agency just doing my job and I see the vision, but I don't have, you know, you know, the growth volume and the new business production to back it. It's right. going to make it a little bit differently. And I mean, at this point, I had already doubled and, and on the way to, you know, tripled the way the agency was growing. So, you know, what are they going to say? No, no, I don't like this. Okay, well, guess right. what? You know, I have the production here to do it. And that's not, to, you know, to pat me on the back. It's just really just to say, you know, you got to start with having that. You got to have that in your wheelhouse and in your backpack to say, you know, well, yeah, but look, look at the production I'm doing. Right. What do you want to do? You want to hire another account manager to help me? You want to hire another this person? Or I'm going to change and get a CR, I'm going to get better agency CRM. Like right. what's, what's the options. And cause you have the back, you know, the backing to do it. So, mm-hmm. you know, that was kind of, you know, why I had the, you know, the cojones there to do some of the things I did is cause you knew deep down that like the agency was getting, I don't care how many years we've been in business. The agency was getting to a point where a huge volume of the, you know, the clients were clients that I brought into the agency and that, you know, that helped and it allowed me to say, you know what, Hey, Chris Langell, let's get a website together. Hey, so and so, let's 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 put this Mike, system in place. Mike, was it important for you not only to be a rebel, but to also find areas that you actually connected with the older generation? Let me give you an example. You are very big in your community, mm-hmm. which that's old school networking. And I imagine for your father and uncle, that had to be okay. He. He at least kind of gets it, right? He just doesn't do all that digital stuff, right? But was there was I'm using that as an example, but was there a point in time, was there things that you looked for to be common to say, I'm just not pushing back all the time, uncle and dad. I actually understand what you've done. Anything off the top of your head like that that you fell in common with them? Uh I think just because of the way that I was brought in, the way I learned, and it wasn't like I, you know, got trained by somebody else on the outside. I had a mm. lot of the similarities that they had. And I mean, this goes back to, you know, just deciding, you know, things are changing in the world. Mm -hmm. We need to, I need to start learning what others are doing and not my other, you know, the guy down the street and the other large agency around the corner. Like I'm talking, you know, branching out to the national basis, listening to podcasts, you know, Mm -hmm. having conversations, little sidebars with people, going to conferences, learning these things. When I developed that kind of mindset, that's what changed. Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, I'm bought into let's do Facebook advertising or let's right. you know produce this. I still had that, you know, we are the the hometown community that you hear right. the name, you think insurance, like because most people in, in, you know, upstate New York, when they hear the word Crowley, they think it's the dairy company, the milk. And I mean, because there's a large, you know, milk manufacturer, the Crowley Milk, and that's what really? I really drank growing up. Yeah. Didn't know that. that oh makes yeah. Sense. So I mean, it, literally, I'm trying to change it to the point where people think insurance versus milk, and 
you know, <laughs> I, had a, I had a nickname in fourth grade as the milkman just because, you know, it was, it was some tie to the dairy family that I have no relation to. You're like, no, dad uh, owns a family and owns an insurance agency. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's a good. Oh, that's insurance good. man, not milkman. Like, where's the difference? <laughs> Uh, and so my mindset is to kind of change that. And, you know, I still love to be in the community and, you know, I love running into people saying you're the insurance guy. And I mean, we're, we live in a large area. I mean, there's hundreds of thousands of people in our, our county and it allows, I mean, there's, there's 50, 60, 70 agencies around here. I mean, it's one of those things where you got to separate yourself in certain ways and you can, you know, mingle with the, the local community people. You can join the little community organizations, the chamber of commerce is, the, you know, the mm -hmm. stuff that worked for many, many years. But you, you basically had to do that on steroids mm -hmm. and you had to find ways to do that. And whether that was implementing the digital or implementing, you know, what other things are. So I think I really kind of just kept down that path, but then just, you know, amplified it tremendously about four or five years ago to really get to that point where it's like, you know what, business is good. Business is growing, but you know, we got to keep feeding this fire and we might not be feeding the fire by hiring more people. We're going to feed the fire by some of these, all these other things that we're going to start implementing. Loyal listeners. Sometimes it's an obligation. I don't really ask for any money from you. I don't ask for anything. I just ask for your attention and for you to challenge the norms. Mike, as we wrap this up, one of the things that I want to let them know is that the thing that you can do is share this, this, um, this blog post. It has nothing to do with AI. AI is nothing more than a platform that gets a lot of attention, so we want to put it on there. But it gets attention because of people like Mike. I guarantee you upon sharing it, if it means something to you, if you pull a glimmer out of this and say, wow, hey, wait a minute, this is a good article. I'm relating to this. Um, the mindset change, I, I really love that. The way that they're thinking versus the way you're thinking or the younger generation versus the older generation. That was pretty big to me, Mike. Um, I'll be able to help other agents out with that. But be sure to share this. Mike put his time into it. Um, you can also probably find it out there at insuranceagencyintelligence.com. Uh, insurance but you can also find it in the show notes of this podcast. Wrapping up, Mike, anything uh, you want to leave us with? You know, I feel like it's very important. Um, and, and, and recently, um, you know, I feel like I've started mentoring another person that's in the same boat as, as I nice. was. And nice. It's Love a, that. It, yeah. And it's a, it's a little local, you know, local family agency. I believe it's, you know, four, fifth, six generations deep. I mean, I mean, it's been around for a long time and he's 10 steps ahead of where I was at his age okay. and, but he's absorbing it. He's at that stage where he's grabbing, you know, every podcast, every book, every, you know, every idea there possibly is that people like yourself are throwing out to the insurance world to learn it. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing that I have found talking to him, cause he sees, he, he sees my story. The more it gets out, he sees the conversations that we've had and he just sits there and says, this is my life. Yep. How can I, you know, make that step? And my, my number one thing I always tell them is you need to be patient. I didn't, you know, come in guns a blazing with the agency saying, we're adding this, we're changing this. I'm adding all these different things. I started with one thing mm -hmm. and I watched it work and I went on to the next thing into the next thing and the next thing. It did not happen overnight. It took some time, you know, you know, you were patient. You, you weren't asking for, you know, money anywhere because guess what? The money that I got from implementing this pays for the next product. That's right. I got to that point where I didn't even care that it was coming off of my personal credit card versus the agency credit card. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, it took me, you know, 
until the, 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 my uncle retired and a few things changed before I actually switched things around, I was okay with that because things worked. Okay. I wasn't worried about the cost. I wasn't worried about the fears of failure or anything along those lines. So if you're in this, in this boat, if you're in this shoe, reach out to somebody that can, that can help you, but take your time implementing things. Mm-hmm. The article says just to do it. And, and I mean that by just like start implementing, you've got to do something. It doesn't mean, you know, add everything. Okay. Demo products, learn point. certain things, but find out what your problems are within the agency. What do you need help with? Reach out to the, the people that have been around, ask them their opinions before, you know, you start spending that money. Because if you do jump in too fast, things aren't going to work the way you want to. And you're going to get frustrated. Your family or anybody else is going to get frustrated. And then all of a sudden it's going to be the guy in 1992 that said this didn't work. Well, yeah, that's it didn't work in 1992, but it's 2020. So we're going to we're going to adapt to this. So make sure be be patient and you will um, you're going to see great results as you continue to move forward. Locally, they call him the milkman. But I'll tell you this right now. Nationally, we known him as a champion. Um, Mike is part of the mastermind. And um, Mike, we're so glad to have you, dude. Thank you very much for this article Uh, means a lot. Uh, it really, truly does. I think there's a lot of people out there. I ended it when I posted it the other day in the mastermind because mastermind champions get this stuff first. I said, I just hope that this helps one person out there. You know, that's, that, that's the whole goal. That's the whole goal. Mike, appreciate it, buddy. I appreciate you. Loyal listeners. This has been another one. This has been agency intelligence podcast where we'll give you, I did real agent inside a real agency, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. This is Cass. He's Crowley. We're out.